Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Allman, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike. And if you're anything like the rest of the Magic community, it really, truly feels like there is absolutely nothing going on. Because we, for the first time in what feels like years, have had an entire month without a spoiler season. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so... So the double masters is like out, right? But like it, it, it didn't seem like okay. There's a bunch of stuff we have to go through, and, and and we didn't do that last episode, which means it's like all right, it's the next episode. So of course we have to talk about the new. Oh, we don't. Okay, what do we talk about? Oh man, we we've been conditioned to not have to worry about it, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and now we're releasing this set every three weeks, right? Yeah. Um. So we're going to look forward by looking back. Um, and so the next like big thing is going to be the return to Dominaria, right? Dominaria United. There you go. But we don't, we're not talking about that yet. That's, that's future, it's future. Not out yet as of recording. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the previous Dominaria and Just some things the, that, and yeah. I got, might have got to looked over a little bit on there. Um, we've done this with a couple of sets. We did this with Kamigawa. Um, and about lo- prophecy and prophecy, right? Yeah. And looking looking at these sets that were pre Commander, being a, like a, a big thing, and looking at these cards and going like, "Hey, this is something that actually fits really well." Uh, Dominaria is that's not as old. We're talking like five years. Like Commander's been a thing here, yeah. but there's there's still definitely some stuff like, "Hey." Some of this I've, I see played. Some of this I go, why don't I see this played? Exactly. And I'm kind of in on it. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at some Dominaria cards, so we can look at you know maybe some inklings of what will be the Dominaria cards that we'll see in the future. Yeah, we saw a couple of mechanics in this set, uh, one yeah. of which that really stuck around, and one of which that really didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that stuck around was uh, Sagas, which is an yeah. subtype. We've seen these come back again and again. Um, I think they're they're not exactly evergreen, but I think they would mm-hmm. call them uh, deciduous. Yep. And uh, basically just an enchantment that has its effects broken up across multiple turns. And uh, we saw those introduced here, and we're going to talk about a couple of them. The mechanic mm-hmm. that didn't really continue on is uh, legendary spells. Like yeah. Legendary instants and sorceries, uh, which incidentally are not the same kind of legendary as permanents were. And that always bothered me, right? Because mm-hmm. legendary is a super type. It should always mean the same thing, no matter what kind of card it's on. Yeah. But in this case, legendary sorcery means something very different from legendary enchantment, mm-hmm. right? Because a legendary permanent, you can only have, uh, you can only control one card with that name on the battlefield. And if you have any more, then the rest are put into the graveyard. But uh, with the legendary instant and sorcery, you can't even cast the spell unless you control a legendary creature or planeswalker, which it seems to me, as a commander player, that right. they're kind of pushing like, yeah, you control your commander. There you go. There's your answer. And but, also, uh, like, yeah. Dominaria, it, 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 was, it was a lot of historic, right? It was a lot yes, of things right. that care about, you know, legendaries or artifacts or things along those lines. So I, I personally really like the idea of like, hey, this is a sorcery you can only cast if you, you fill this re- prerequisite of having some kind of legendary creature. Yeah, or plane I'm fine with the right? idea. The problem it's is very they, cool. they gave yeah. it a super type that means something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it would be like if they, if they had flash as a, as a, you know, a thing. And then they're like, also this thing has flash, which means something different. Like it, it is kind of a, Hey, no, you, you could have called that something different. You really, could. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. And actually we're going to go into one of the cards in a, uh, in a bit here. That has the legendary type, but I'm not sure if it means that it's like the first thing or if it just is a legendary thing or whatever. Um, but that's, that's, that's later. Uh, first, let's start with something really, really fun and everybody loves land destruction. Why don't you start me off with Fall of the Thran here, Alex? Wow, that is fun and everyone does love it. Uh, Fall of the Thran, five and a white, that's six mana. For an enchantment saga, uh, the first chapter says destroy all lands. 
Yeesh. Uh, yep. The second and third chapter are the same. Each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, now, granted, this is a mass land destruction spell, but as far as mass land destruction spells go, this is probably the nicest one. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's people bringing stuff back. Some lands back. Now, that's not really going to change people's <laughs> minds about it right. when you cast this. Yeah. Um, but still. I it, it does feel weird that it costs more mana to destroy everybody's lands and then slowly bring them back than it does to just destroy everybody's lands. <laughs> that is true. It's a six mana enchantment. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it in a future episode because I think I got it. Each player, right? You'd think normally yeah. with symmetric effects, they want to discount the raid. So this would right. be a really cheap mass land destruction spell. But actually, yeah. this is the expensive version. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it a, a little bit late, uh, f- a further episode because yeah. I, I had a uh, playing group experience not too long ago after some time away. Drama. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Destroy all lands. Just always. It, that's that's a good way to end a conversation with me. I think. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about. Let's seal away that conversation. Uh, seal away. One and a white for an enchantment with flash. When seal away enters the battlefield, exile target tapped creature and opponent controls until seal away leaves the battlefield. Okay, so a very like hyper specific oblivion ring kind of effect. Yeah. I like that for, for two mana and hey, somebody got to tap the thing, which more times than not means they were able to do something with it. Okay. And now, oh, hey, I didn't, I didn't like that. Or, oh, I don't want that to happen again. Cool. You need, you need to go on a box for a little bit. Um, I do, the art is really cool. I like it a lot. This huge menacing thing, just kind of like tethered to the ground. And it looks almost rusted. I like it. I like it. Alex, I'm very easy to please sometimes. You are. This is definitely one of the more lower power Oblivion Ring style effects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's so hyper narrow for the added bonus of being one mana less. But I like it. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm being I'm, I'm way too easy to please. Why don't you talk about another one that... Um, well, we're going to go into our first legendary sorcery, and it's it's a big one. Yeah, so Urza's Ruinous Blast, it's four and a white, five mana for a legendary sorcery. You can only cast legendary sorcery if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. It has nothing to do with controlling more than one Urza's Ruinous Blast. Mm-hmm. Am I salty? Yes, I am. Exile right. all non-land permanents that aren't legendary. Now, I think initially people rated this pretty highly. Oh, sure. If only for lore reasons. But also because they thought, like, wow, I get to keep my commander. Yes, but it's... This is a very unpredictable board wipe, right? You never... It can be, yeah. You, you're you not going to be able to tell in advance, like, okay, is this actually going to deal with the threats that I need? Is this right. going to hurt me or my opponents more? You don't... It's a wild card, right? And yeah. I feel that usually you want to have an idea, even if you have a board wipe that only hits certain things, you probably want to have an idea like, okay, I'm running this, so it's probably going to benefit me more. So maybe in a Legendary Matters deck, but really outside of that, it's I think it's just too unpredictable. It can be. And the other thing that you know people really love is when our board wipes say exile as, a, so, as opposed to destroy or bounce, right? Yeah. Um, but then you think about the things that you want to exile instead of destroy. And it's like, oh, well, we want to get rid of all the indestructible things. You mean like the gods, those legendary yeah. things that aren't going to be bothered by this anyway? And yeah. it's it, – there's a place for it, but it is also one of those – unless your deck is hyper fixated on having legends, you're going to draw this card and I think like a third of the time to maybe half of the time, it's going to be like, oh, well – like, oh, I'm blowing this everything is, up except the thing I wanted to blow up. Yeah, this is kind of an answer, but it's not the one I want. Right. Um, but it's cool. Um, this is this is the card I was foreshadowing on a little bit before. Um, so in Bolus's Clutches, uh, four blue blue for a legendary enchantment aura. Enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent. Enchanted permanent is legendary. So 
<laughs> so I have I have a question, Alex. Oh yeah. We have legend legendary permanents, right? Mm-hmm. Legendary creatures, legendary artifacts, cool. This set introduces legendary sorcery kind of stuff, right? So yeah. now it's a different subtype where it says you can only cast a legendary sorcery if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Cool. This is a legendary enchantment that yes. says you so, so do I have to have do I have to have a legendary <laughs> creature or planeswalker yeah, this, out this to is cast why, this? This is why I hit the mechanic. Legendary <laughs> as a super type uh, literally means different things depending on what card type it's being applied to. Uh-huh. If it's applied to a permanent card then it means what we think it means. The legend rule, you can control only one, there can be only one, all the rest go to the graveyard. If it's applied to an instant or sorcery card, that's when it means the other thing that has nothing to do with that thing. That means you can't cast the spell unless you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Okay. Um, I feel like they I feel like they decided, hey, we're not gonna do the legendary uh one off cards anymore specifically because like then you've got all of these cards that like uh jessica's will right that is a card that is a sorcery that says i am this legendary person's thing yeah (laughs) but we're not going to call it a legendary sorcery so i think at a certain point they're like no we're not doing that anymore that's true and and they really (laughs) also have moved away from legendary lands uh legend as a super type really means very different things to competitive players and to commander players, right? Because to commander players, if it's a legendary creature, uh, that means it can be your commander. But if it's a legendary anything else, it means you can have one. In, I mean, <laughs> it really just means you can't make copies of it, right? right? Because we, it's a one Oh format, right? Compare mm-hmm. that to competitive magic, where if it's a legendary permanent, uh, you have to definitely make super sure that you want to run more than one in your deck because if you draw a second, third, or fourth one, it's a dead draw. Right. But, and then you get into the, well, I need this thing to to be there for the deck to work, right. but I can only have one of them actually doing the deck. Right. What? The limitation is a lot less visible for commander players, and the benefit, I think it's really only a hindrance for competitive players. Mm-hmm. So that's in Bolus's clutch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so yeah, my, uh, cool yeah, legendary, en- cool legendary enchantment to take something else and make it legendary. Which I mean, flavor wise, it makes a lot of sense because it's Bolus making a contract with Liliana and all that good stuff. Yeah, this is the moment where uh, she had finally killed all four demons on yep. her contract. Yeah, but it turns out that Bolus was said, ha 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 ha. Bolus, not uh, uh, historically not super good. No, not a good guy. Most mostly bad. Yeah, um, and 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 you know, nor you know when you talk about somebody's clutches, yeah, that's that's typically You're much a negative starting connotation. Off on the, yeah, <laughs> like oh, you're uh, yeah. you're in uh, the hospital's clutches. It's like no, yeah. I went to the hospital. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> Cut to every person that has a clutch purse, and they're like, "Wow, okay, yeah. cool." Um, so never mind. I, you know what? I take it back. It's Clutches interesting. Are it makes fine. them legendary. I mean, what is the really functional purpose of that effect other than the the lore, right? Right. Like, what What is that really doing other than okay? Now you can't make copies of this, or rather, you can, but they'll die. I guess, like, okay. Maybe it's a, oh, we're going to, if you take something and then you can't play, well, yeah, if you took something and then you made it legendary and then you drew that card in your own deck, you couldn't play it because the other one's legendary, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, so, you can, you can play it or cast it. It's going to immediately die. Right. You pick so, the other one to I, I, this is this is just your boy desperately searching for a mechanical reason uh, for that, other than uh, for a mechanical reason. That's it. Uh, flavor wise, I like right. it, but meh, I don't I know. Mean, if we compare this to the original uh, mind control, mm-hmm. which is three blue blue, enchant creature you control, enchanted creature, mm-hmm. and this is four blue blue. Oh, it's any permanent, right? Yeah, it's any permanent. Okay, it's any which is permanent, cool. but 
It makes it legendary. Right. Yeah. Hey, if I if I stole somebody's forest. Yeah. Can I not play forests anymore? <laughs> if you stole somebody's forest and you made it into a legendary It's a legendary forest. Called Forest. <laughs> then Yeah, every other why would huh. you do that to yourself? I'm not saying I would. I'm just I didn't design the card, man. I'm just trying to figure out how it works. Yeah, I mean, uh once you have a legendary permanent, you will as a state based action move all other permanents with the same name as that legendary uh-huh. permanent into the graveyard. Uh basically you'll pick one and the rest go away. So if you had the ability to, I don't know, take over somebody's turn. And it, man, what okay. a what a frighteningly complex yep. execution! Could yep. you just sacrifice their commander and leave it in the graveyard? Like, listen, whatever happens to just kneecapping someone instead of sawing their legs off? I, five years of magic? I don't know. He's, um, he's become a bitter man. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. Um, talk to me about another another weird card. Yeah, concept <laughs> pearl sundering, which uh, great art. Not so great artist. Yeah. Yeah. For blue, blue, that's six. For legendary sorcery, you know what those are now. Mm-hmm. Target player takes an extra turn after this one. Return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Exile Karn's Temporal Sundering. Now, Alex, yeah. there's plenty of extra turn spells. Why are we talking about this well, one? Well, because many, including this one, have the excellent, excellent clause that it's a targeted spell. Yeah. So- if you were completely insane, uh-huh. like us, then you might be tempted to and have done uh, target the spell at one of your opponents. Say, yeah. hey, how would you like an extra turn? They're like, wait, what the heck? I dig it. I dig it. Uh, it uh, the the return one non-land permanent to its owner's hand yeah. thing is always like so forgotten on this. And it's 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 why I I actually do like this spell a lot. Again, you, you mentioned it; the art is cool. Um, but the I'm gonna the the implication of I'm gonna take another turn, but I'm also gonna remove that thing from the from your board that right. is kind of a problem. Then I'm gonna use this extra turn to take advantage of that thing being gone. It's, or they it's have good. a board wipe, and you can remove uh, your commander back to your hand and then they do a big board wipe and then you play back on yeah. your commander yeah yeah playing play, you can anytime where it's a hey bounce a thing and yeah. do something powerful is usually a good card take an extra turn seems like the higher end of mm-hmm. bounce something and do something else mm-hmm. uh but yeah karn Temporal sunder good card good job good job karn it's like you're powerful or something um, foreshadowing for Karn. Um, but before that, Slinvada, the Rising Deep. Six, blue, blue, legendary creature Leviathan, eight, eight. There it is. With kicker. So if you want to pay more than eight, you got this because you can pay one and a blue as an additional cost. When Slinvada, the Rising Deep, enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return all creatures to their owner's hands except for merfolk, krakens, leviathans, octopuses, and serpents. Yeah, that's a whelming wave, basically, yep. on the yep. commander. Um, there is very specific, but if you're running sea monsters, then this is going to blow everyone out except you. And you get some pretty standard one sided board wipe mm-hmm. if you build to it. Yeah, I mean, um, you would never I, ever run this if you weren't running sea monsters. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> an eight mana, eight, eight. Uh, for the sake of just being big, you can do better than that. An eight, uh, a ten mana eight eight that bounces all not your stuff, creature wise. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. You're paying eight to ten mana for an eight eight with new keywords. Yeah, that thing is just sitting there. It just lorge. It is an uncommon <laughs> commander. I think this was the uh, was this the first set that did uncommon commanders since the original uh, legends i was actually gonna f- ask that at some point i think it was I, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't but i'm i'm pretty sure you're right you know what i mean 
Like, I, I think this is the first time that I ever remember seeing. Yeah. You know. Because I remember oh, it was hey, a deal at a the time. Silver this, Legend. This was incidentally also when, I should have mentioned this at the start, um, this is when the Planeswalkers became legendary Planeswalkers. And right. we lost the Planeswalker redirection rule. Uh, and we had the errata to all targeted spells and abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, let me back up a second. The Planeswalker yeah. redirection rule was a former rule that uh, basically made it so that if you had a spell or effect that targeted a player and that player controlled a Planeswalker, you could target the player and declare that you are redirecting to their Planeswalker, right. which is kind of confusing, but it's yeah. the same effect as targeting a Planeswalker uh, because now spells can do that. Right. And just because, um, again, if you if you have things that are like, hey, you know, deal three damage to target creature or player, and then yeah. it's like, well... And now it's target creature, player, or Planeswalker, or any target. Right, or any right. target. Because, again, if you, if you make a completely new card type, like, yeah, there's going to be stuff that was before that that you either have to retrofit, or yeah. it's just never going to be ability. But additionally, um, we had... Planeswalkers becoming legendary, right? Previously, Planeswalkers were not legendary. They had the Planeswalker uniqueness rule, mm-hmm. which is actually very different to being legendary. Uh, the way we had it was, you know how most Planeswalkers have a Planeswalker uh, subtype or mm-hmm. type, excuse me. Um, no, subtype. That, you know, it's uh, what have you. Karn has the Karn subtype, right? right. It's just the subtype that is their name. However... Uh, the Planeswalker uniqueness role before Planeswalkers were legendary, you could only control one Planeswalker of each subtype at a time. Right. You couldn't have two different Karns because there's many different printings of Karn. Right. There's, now there's you 47. Can you just can't have yeah. two of the same. There's 47 different Teferis. Exactly. It's like, no, it's okay. And that you, that you really can. put a damper on Super Friends decks. But after that limitation, I mean, now you can just run as many. You can run Jay's Tribal. Right. In my head, the reason that it's okay now is because Teferi does a lot of time traveling and he just brings friends. He with just him. fixed everything. Yeah, he's like, no, it's fine. No, we no, it's there can be two different Teferis here because it's just it, they're different Teferis in the timeline. It's okay, don't worry about it. But what about the Planeswalkers that can't time travel? Like, uh, they talk to Teferi, they and they, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll send you there. And then he sent them there. Well, as long as everything's canon. Yeah, you know, it's it's some kind of canon. Um, you want to stop a cannon, You can unwind it. Two and a blue for an instant. Counter target non-creature spell. Untap up to three lands. Cool. Cool. Just uh, just rewind, but specific and for one less mana. I dig it. And only for non-creature spells. Yep. I like it. It just I I I like I like weirder counter spells. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think I have I don't think I have just counterspell in any of my decks, but I do have weird ones. You know what I mean? Like I've got rewind. I've got unwind. I've got, I think I've got the next one we're going to talk about in one of, uh, in uh, one of my decks. Yeah. This one's uh, a swan song, tribal, stuff like that. Yeah. Counterspell wizards retort one blue, blue three mana for an instant. The spell costs one less to cast. If you control a wizard, Counter target spell, right? Yep. So this is uh, just becomes a second counter spell if you are in a wizard deck. So that's yeah. pretty specific. Mike, you have a yeah. wizard deck. I, I have. A, I had a deck that had a wizard as the commander. Well, there, there you go. Yeah, and, and it was like you know what? I feel okay playing this because then it's a three mana counter spell or it's a two mana counter spell when I have my commander out. Cool. Now and, it's as like, good as counter spell. Yeah, I just I don't I, I I understand that I'm the one who's wrong here. You know what I mean? But it's, just it's like it's not I don't, wrong to run bad cards, Mike. It, it, but it's just like uh, I don't like counterspell. It's just get well oh, counterspell. Oh but sure, like, yeah. I mean, counterspell uh, is cheap, easy. It works. Yeah, it's like no, give me counterspells that are like weird, like yeah. Swan Song. Absolutely, it's one mana, and I could give somebody a burb, <laughs> but I can't counter every single thing. Absolutely, I, I can't want that. Denial. Yep. Know, in the blue. Yep. Give some uh, two cards. Give some cards. Yeah. All that good stuff. Those those are my kind of counter spells. Regular counter spell. Blah. Wizards retort where it's a conditional counter spell or a counter spell where it costs more. Yeah, that's my speed. I don't. I, there's something wrong with me. It's okay. Uh, why don't you? Why don't we move on to a couple more sagas yeah. here and uh, and also move on to our next color for black. 
Uh, Alex, talk to me about some scriptures. Yeah, Phyrexian scriptures. Uh, <laughs> now, this artwork people have tried to use uh, because there is no Rosetta Stone. There's no translation for Phyrexian. Mm-hmm. But we do know that it is a language. So this is one of the few images people have just poured right. over, if you can see this art, to try to figure out, like, okay, what does this say? Have we seen any of these other uh, runes anywhere before? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Two black black. It's four mana for an enchantment saga. You know how sagas work. First chapter, put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. That creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Chapter two, destroy all non-artifact creatures. That's right. This is a board wipe on delay, but you can save one thing. And also all of your artifact creatures. Presumably you're running a black artifact deck. Yeah. Um, this is really nice. And then chapter three, exile all opponents' graveyards. Yeah. None of it's coming back. Yeah. So Make everything have, go away for sure. We have the warning and the escape rope. And then the bad thing. <laughs> and then the other bad thing. You're not getting any of it back. Sure. It, it's, man, it's a rough card. Um, it's, yeah. I I don't mind four mana. Put this out here. I'm going to, I'm going to show my, my, my board wipe next turn. Right. Um, remove it if you want to. Uh, and uh, man, the exile cards from opponents' graveyards is always nice, just because that 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 only really bothers a certain type of player. So I kind of dig that. Well, yeah, and it also bothers all the players whose creatures you just destroyed. Right, but um, here's the thing: you have to be able to get those creatures back to care about your graveyard being exiled. So typically, there's I I, I don't while graveyard recursion is a big thing in our format. I, I've been lucky enough to not be playing in, in most games where I'm playing against three people who care about graveyard recursion. Right. So then it's just one person that I'm like, hmm, you're probably going to try and get all that back. Well, you're going to have to get rid of this. Oh, man. It is interesting. <laughs> uh, it often seems like people can't decide whether sagas are good or not in command. Right. Because like Planeswalkers... They have to remain on the field across multiple turns to Mm -hmm. churn out value. They really don't, I mean, they have their immediate effects, but usually that first chapter is, is usually pretty weak unless it's destroy all lands. Right. (laughs) In which case it's not that weak. In which case it starts pretty strong. But many of them are are on the weaker side in the early chapters. And then the second, third chapters tend to be, you know, the more powerful, impactful things. So they really have to remain on the field and not be removed like planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the fact that like, yeah, now the, the newer Kamigawa set made things that care about sagas. You got proliferate and things that care about adding counters to things. You can add lore counters. Cool, cool, cool. Like there, there's, there's stuff that has adapted sagas a little bit. Mm-hmm. But all in all, it's just kind of like this, hey, we're going to try this weird enchantment idea. And uh, some of it, really rough. Some of it, okay. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it as a, as just kind of like, I, maybe a Saga's Matter deck would be fun to play at some point. Um, I, uh, I read somewhere, I think on the Magic website, that uh, yeah. the original design for Planeswalkers was originally more like Saga's, where they okay. each turn... Uh, activated an ability sure. as they were on the field, but that they felt that this didn't really communicate the fact that, you know, they're powerful beings that can make choices. Hence, now planeswalkers have multiple abilities and their own eternal currency, but they still made sagas, which is still this extremely mm-hmm. linear. But then they also split the difference and made dungeons. Right. Well, in my head, I'm also thinking about like, man, can you imagine if most of the planeswalkers were turn one, activate their plus ability, turn yeah. two, activate their minus ability, turn three, do their emblem. Right. I mean, like, it, 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 emblem would be on like turn seven. Yeah. Like at that point, you'd have to. But that, you know, when it's like, oh, it's kind of like a saga. That's how they'll operate. They'll right, do this. Right. They'll do this. They'll do yeah. this. It's like, oh, oh no. 
<laughs> I don't need that. Win the game. Yeah. Turn turn three. Counter everybody's first spell. Turn three. Get forty turns. Like it's just okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, heck, we'll talk about a really rough one uh, in a bit here. Uh, but second saga here, and uh, last one for black. The eldest reborn. Hey, look, we're talking about them some more. Uh, four and a black for a, an enchantment saga. Uh, at lore one, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. At lore two, each opponent discards a card. And then at lore three, put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Um, I mean, those, those happen to be pretty good as far as options. Yeah, I mean, usually the cost you're looking at, right, to reanimate an arbitrary creature back yeah. out of the battlefield is is five right and at this point it's still five but to get that effect you have to wait but while you're waiting people are filling up their graveyards with things that you can steal although really they're going to try to make the least appetizing options for you and possibly right. also exile stuff out of their own graveyard um i think something that just appeals to us as sagas that maybe not necessarily does to everyone is the fact that they're so rattlesnakey really yeah. makes them weaker, mm -hmm. but it also makes them more engaging, right? It's, this is something that like, okay, guys, well, in two turns, I'm going to reanimate the best thing out of your graveyard instead of just casting a spell that does that. Granted, right. the spell would be faster, easier, and more powerful. They wouldn't have time to prepare, but with a saga, they do have time to prepare and, mm. I don't know. Maybe it feels less mean that way. I There's also the fact that, like, you know, there's some spells like, oh, animate dead and reanimate. Like, there's a couple of ones where it's like, hey, yeah. it's going to cost less than this, right? But I've always done the – I've always kind of looked at the sagas as, hey, is option one something that I would play it if it cost one mana less? If that was all the card was, would I do it? Hell no. You know what I mean? But that's that's kind of the way that I have to look at it. Right. Because after that point, it's it's kind of like, okay, everything else is upside. The same way it, that we right. look at Planeswalkers. Yeah. They could and just it's remove like, it immediately. Right. But it, it's like the same way we look at Planeswalkers and it's like, hey, don't look at the emblem. Because unless you're doing exactly. very specific <laughs> things, you're never going to do that. Unless you're doing doubling season, unless you're pillow fording, unless you're a whole bunch of other stuff, we're never going to do that. Yeah. So what does the other stuff do, Right. Eldest Reborn, hey, cool, five mana for in three turns, or sorry, in two turns, technically, I guess. Um, we're going we're gonna to steal something, right? Each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Okay, it's not bad, you know, especially if it's, uh, you know, sacrificing as opposed to destroying. Okay, cool. Right, I, I and think you're that. mostly going to get crab. Right, but the the way that you don't want to look at this is like, okay, this is a five mana. I'm going to yeah. make that person sacrifice that thing, and then in a couple of turns, I think, I'm going to uh, have it. <laughs> every player, when they first saw Planeswalker, and I think for many games after that, yeah, like, wow, look at that Planeswalker's minus 12 ability. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. Like You really, really shouldn't be looking at that ability because right. you're really not going to get to use it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I I like planeswalkers. I do. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into we'll we'll get into a bigger topic with them in a little bit. And we've we've got our uh, an episode of full planeswalker talk, but it it's been a while. We can revisit it. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you why don't you talk to me about our, our singular red card here? Uh, because I'm going to read it while you're talking about it because I don't remember this card. Yeah, this one's <laughs> a little bit wacky, and you really haven't seen it at all. Haphazard bombardment. It's five and a red, six mana for an enchantment. When Haphazard Bombardment enters the battlefield, choose four non-enchantment permanents you don't control. Put an aim counter on each of them. At the beginning of your end step, if two or more permanents you don't control have an aim counter on them, destroy one of those permanents at random. Okay. Right. So, six mana, pick four things, put a counter on destroy them. Destroy three of them at random. Destroy the three of them at random at each, each end step. Right. Okay. Huh. Being of your end step. My yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's it's a six mana, and presuming that it it lasts for the turn, it's yeah. a six mana six destroy mana a thing. Kill up to three things over the course of three over turns. The course of three turns. <laughs> I think I figured out why we don't see this play. <laughs> this probably should have cost like one and a red. Yeah. 
when we were when you were when we were um, looking at the cards to pick from uh, this set to talk about, and you clicked on this one, and you clicked on it just fast enough where I was like, I don't know what that card is, but wow, there's a lot of words on it. But it sounds like it's a whole lot of words. Don't do very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is going for seven cents right now. That's, um, I, I'm not going to lie. It seems about this, right. This is priced so high for such a ridiculously overdrawn protracted effect that's honestly not super strong and can't really be abused either right because it tends to be pretty difficult to actually move counters specific counters from one permanent to another or copy them over Um, the only the only thing i can think of is that it would be kind of fun if you could figure out how to blink this a bunch of times because the counters don't go yeah. away. You don't so it's just like, to. no, everything has a name counter But even now. then, you're still only hitting one thing at random. Oh, it's still terrible. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's... What is this? The, the, only, the only thing that I can see about it that I, I kind of dig is when it gets to the end step, if, you, if, you're, if you're subtle about it and you pick something for every different player... And then it's like, ooh, who's going to lose? It's like, ah, it, that, that effect can be kind of fun. Dude, I, and I think you lost because you spent six mana on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still not great. Like, hey, you know what? You want to have that kind of fun? Just play Possibility Storm. It's better. It's more fun. Just <laughs> let's do that instead. Um, let's, let's move on to a, a significantly better card and one that I actually play a decent amount in uh, my green decks, Broken Bond. One in a green. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Cool. It's a and sorcery. Is, yeah, remarkably powerful for a two-mana common. Yeah. The sorcery speed is the, is the only downside. That's it. Yeah, the, truly. Naturalize. Much better. Totally right. understand. However, in my head, would I if something isn't the most powerful thing on in the world, or it's not going to kill me the second that somebody else plays it? This is very good. It's a two mana. Hey, play a land and destroy something that you'd want to destroy anyway. Okay, yeah, I mean a cool. two mana two for one. You're gonna bend over backwards. Sorcery almost doesn't even because this you you almost consider it uh, both ramp and spot removal. So the sorcery right. is is not as bad of a limitation. No, not at all. Like, uh, uh, full disclosure, I've targeted somebody else's treasure token at one point with this. Just, just okay. like, just because I want to get one more land out there. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that says more about me than anything. And it my, says like, a lot about you. <laughs> but like, I, I like, I like ramp, man. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a common. It's not a bad card by any means. In some ways, it's really good. And it's like, oh, well, the downside is that it's sorcery speed. Cool. I'm still down for that. Like, I don't need instant ramp. This is fine. I like it. This is where Mike realizes he didn't write in the notes what the time code was for Broken Bond. So, Alex, why don't you uh, talk to me about uh, our our next our next card here, uh, one that we've kind of referenced a few times, um, while I kind of backtrack and figure out where I need to be putting this card for the YouTube video. Yeah, this is a Teferi with a five. You know, when you're running out Teferis and you're trying to disambiguate which Teferi you're talking about, this mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. five one. Okay. Teferi Hero of Dominaria, that's three white blue, five mana. For a legendary Planeswalker Teferi, four loyalty to start, and three really excellent abilities, Mike. Just excellent. Plus one. Draw a card at the beginning of the next end step, untap up to two lands. That is a pretty good plus one. If that's mm-hmm. the only thing you got to do, then Teferi ended up netting you even on cards, and it only cost you three mana. Yeah. Not bad. The minus three is why we're here. Put target non-land permanent into its owner's library third from the top. It's very good. That is... I mean, that's that's Aether Spout, Aether whatever, right? That's removing something utterly. Doesn't matter. Indestructible. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's it's going into their library. Yeah. Uh, if you then, can target it, it it's, it's yeah. going to go away. At least without some shenanigans, it's going to go away for a bit. Right. It's just a stronger bounce to hand. And if a library shuffle is happening, then it's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then the minus eight, which don't look at this one, but we're going to look at it. You yeah. get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, devastating. Just yeah. absolutely devastating. Like most emblems, if you get this one off, but you win the, the rest game. is just gravy. Right. Whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent. I mean, so you're just going to start chunking their board pretty quick there. Yeah. This is this is why I don't like doubling season. Because <laughs> yeah, no um, that just three, turns into a five mana. <laughs> three just world class abilities on a five mana oh, yeah. planeswalker. This, I think, is one of the strongest planeswalkers in the format. Yeah. We we've done the Teferi, we, we've done the planeswalker episode where we talk about the ones that fit us. We we could easily just do like a Teferi planeswalker episode and just rate them all, just rank them. Who's Why the superior we? Teferi? I'm not saying like because there's that many Teferi planeswalkers. There's so many, and this one's been uh, rated several times. Yeah, and, and with good reason. Like it's a very good one. Um, yeah, no, I it's 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 a very good card. Uh, like you said. Leaning into uh, the fir- the first one and the second one, the first two effects. Draw a card, beginning and next end step, uh, next end step, untap two lands, or minus three. Put target non-land permanent into its owner's library. Hey, man, think about that time. untapping two lands, right? Because if you activate the plus one twice, yeah. after only two, two turns, including the turn that you cast him, mm-hmm. he's already down to one mana. Right. Right. And, and just as importantly... This is one of those cards that, yeah, it's at the beginning of the next end step. Totally understand. Uh, it's a, it's a blue card. It's a blue yeah. and white card. Yeah. So you, on, if you're on curve and you put this out with five mana and then you untap two well, lands well, and like one of them's white, one of, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, great. Counterspell, path, exactly. swords. All those things are now options again. You can tap out and then be ready to deal with other things right. later. <sighs> Teferi's good. It's like time travel is powerful or something. Um, Ariel, Knight of Wind Grace, two white black for a legendary creature, human knight, four, four vigilance, two white, tap it, create a two, two white knight creature token with vigilance, uh, pay a black, tap it, tap X, untap knights you control, destroy target creature with power X or less. In a Knights Matter deck, that's yeah, very cool. And that yeah. is very nice. It, having spot removal on your commander, even as uh, one that you have to jump through as many hoops as this one, um, I mean, that's that's something that's very threatening, right? She's constantly mm-hmm. a rattlesnake and one that maybe people have to be counting the number of knights you control to make sure that yeah. you can't threaten their commander. Yeah. Well, and just as importantly, the fact that you can... The fact that it has vigilance, so you can, it's still doing something in the meantime. Um, that you can hold it up, you can wait until end step for uh, the turn before you make a token, play another knight. Now you have two more knights than maybe it would have been expected. Then you tap. Like, the fact that the, this, I, I like it when a card's like, hey, the thing that's scary about it is the thing that doesn't cost as much. Because you have to get a lot of other things going first. Right. I think that the the first ability there is is the mana dump, right? When yeah. you don't have anything else to spend it on to use that one. And mm-hmm. then once you're free and clear, you're not spending three and tapping to make a single two two. Once you have a few of the two twos on the board, you're using her second ability, really. Because yeah. I think that ideally you don't want to use her first ability unless you have nothing else to do with it. Because three mana for a two two and tap your commander down. Not a deal. But it is nice that she can attack True. first and then tap down. Well, that and the fact that the things that you're making also have vigilance. That's true. They do. So so then you get to have the, you know, uh, I, I you think it's understated. And then activate the ability to tap yeah. stuff down. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, man, I think I think it's understated sometimes how much like I oh the simple math is it's twice as good. <laughs> but like it's it's understated how good a 2-2 token is versus a 1-1. It is. It's much better. It's literally uh, twice as good. (laughs) I I already, dang it, I tried to get in front of the joke and it still didn't matter. Um, But the point is, is like, hey, as you're doing this, right, if I I start hitting you with 1-1s, right, the amount of 1-1s that I have to hit you with or the amount of, like, the amount of times I have to be able to get through, it's going to take a while. 
A tutu. Yeah, twice as good. Oh, all the good jokes about that uh, side. It is but twice as good. Two, 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 a, a tutu that you can make, and a decent amount of them. You attack with a couple of tutus, right, and a four-four commander. It's harder to chump block those. Yeah, you know, well, so and, you're in white and black. You have a lot of lifelink, death touch, all that yep. good stuff, and vigilance. So it's it's. I, I think Vigilance is one of my favorites. That's what we're going to have to do at some point, Alex. We're going to do a keyword draft. Just because we need to do more drafts in this. Yeah. We'll talk about it off screen. Don't worry. Um, instead, why don't you talk about something um, that makes a little bit of in, in my in my heart. Why don't you talk to me about our next uh, oh, card yeah, here and start in artifacts. Uh, now, I heard, Mike, that Damping Sphere can control the weather. I hear that it reduces storms. <laughs> it's a two mana for an artifact. If a land is tapped for two You're just going to try and move past that? No, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> I'm interrupting you. I get it. It's Listen, it's a good joke, okay? All right, go ahead. Uh, Devic Sphere is two mana for an artifact. If a land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces colorless. That's a single colorless. Instead of any other type and amount. Uh, that alone, not bad. It's shutting down guys, Cradle Sarah Sanctum, mm-hmm. uh, Scorch Ruins, Bounce Lands, anything that's any kind of fancy man land that's making you multiple mana that says no, not happening. Mm-hmm. Each spell yeah. a player casts costs one more to cast for each other spell that player has cast this turn. And Mike, if somebody's deck was built around that, it would be a... Storm deck. Yes, yep. thank you. Yep. Sorry, um, I couldn't I couldn't go there with you. Yeah, of course. A storm <laughs> deck got is, is building its resources up to the yep. point where it can do its combo turn. In this case, a storm combo being casting lots of extremely free or refunding mana or drawing cards type spells. Lots of little free low-cost spells in a single turn mm-hmm. and then... After all that's done, casting a storm spell, which will copy itself for each spell you've cast this turn, mm-hmm. each spell that has been cast this turn, right? This artifact makes that strategy almost impossible. Right. For most players, it's going to be a minor inconvenience. Like, oh man, now I have to pay six instead of five for a storm player. They literally cannot win the game without <laughs> removing this two mana stacks rock. It's a very narrow silver bullet, but it's a very, very powerful All silver bullets are narrow, Mike. That's why (laughs) they're silver bullets. Yeah, exactly. And this one is even sphere-shaped and everything. It's perfect. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. To to most players, this is a minor annoyance to storm players. It's devastating. Yep. Well, I mean, like, heck, I I don't play a lot of lands that, you know, tap for extra, right? Yeah. Um, Just because at that point, I'd just rather have more lands than to extra my lands, right? But... You know, there there are times where like dictate a Karametrum, Rari's Wake, Heartbreak, Heartbeat of Spring, like all these things that say, "Hey, whenever you tap a land for mana, add another." Well, now no, because some of those specifically say when you tap a land for for mana, it adds as opposed to the thing that you're actually you know that's causing the effect. That's true. So damping if, it, if it's a triggered mana ability that's adding mana from the trigger, then mm-hmm. this is not applying. It's only if that right. land taps for additional mana. Right, exactly. So there, there are like some where it's like, oh, well, that's a problem, and some where it's like, oh, that's not a problem, right? Right. Um, For the most part, this is meant to stop the big multi-mana, yeah. the soul lands, the carus, the. Uh, you said it before. The guy's cradle, the guy's the, cradle cycle, all the all yeah. the bad stuff. By which I mean Man. good stuff. I love those lands. There would be nothing that would make me happier. It, uh, again, play play group last uh, last time. Uh, somebody playing Chatterfang. And it got their guy's cradle out, and it's like, no, that taps for a colorless now. Sorry. That's Wait, what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All them squirrels, they're producing you one colorless. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. I like it. Uh, I mean, I hate it, but like, I like it. Um, Howling Golem. This is three mana for two, three artifact creature golem. Whenever Howling Golem attacks or blocks, each player draws a card. Very I cool. love it. It's so, it's so, it's just fine. It's, it's just doing the thing. Hey, everybody, here's some, have some stuff. Nothing wrong with that, right? 
Yeah, I mean it's it's phenomenally low power, but you know, yeah. group hug decks need low power cards too. Oh, for sure. And like, here's the thing: I like a creature. There was another one. Um, I don't know if it came out in the the most recent Dungeons and Dragons set or if it was the set before that. But there's a common uh, artifact creature that whenever it attacks, every player makes a treasure token. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in a note here so I can try and throw it in there. But like, I like those kind of things. I like the hey. I'm going to try and hit you with this. You can kill it if you want, but then we're not going to be able to do it next turn. You know, <laughs> like I love those kind of cards and yeah, like the howling you know, cards. Yeah, they're yeah. great. How, howling Golem, very great flavor. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled with that. Uh, this is, this is a good card. Now drawing cards usually represents uh, gaining knowledge or remembering something. So what is the howling Golem making you realize well, okay. I think I've got this. Um, so I, I watch a lot of YouTube while I'm doing my actual work for okay. the most part. And one of the things that I recently saw was like the Watch Mojo, like 20th, uh, 20 best uh, things that the Mythbusters confirmed, right? It, it's a long walk, but you'll get there with me, I promise. One of the things that they confirmed is when you actually slap sense into somebody, it does work. <laughs> it effectively does like, oh, whack. Oh, yeah, totally. So Howling Golem is just slapping sense into everybody at the same okay, time. Okay, I see. You know what I mean? You're it, slapping just, a card into their hand. Yeah, it's going yeah. to, it, it's going it, to, well, that's when it attacks. And I think when it blocks, it's like, it blocks and it's like, oh no, I've made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. You still learn something. You know what I mean? That that part that that was too much of a stretch, but the attack thing, slapping sense into somebody, totally yeah. down for no, it. There you go, you got it. Howling Gollum, always be attacking. Got it. Um, always be carning. Give me give me our last card here, Alex. A B K. Karn sign of Urza. <laughs> That's four mana for a legendary planeswalker. Karn, also known as Nice Karn, because there was another yeah. Karn that got printed pretty shortly after this one that wasn't not, very nice at all. Not so nice, Karn. Uh, plus one. Reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them. Put that card into your hand. Exile the other with a silver counter on it. Then we have minus one. Put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. Mm -hmm. And then minus two. Create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. And it starts with loyalty five. Uh, now, Mike, some Planeswalkers are like this. They don't really have an ultimate or an emblem effect. Sure. They just have three effects. Yeah. And I've made prodigious use out of all of them. It's <laughs> really nice to be able to draw cards in colorless, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the card that they don't give you, you can still get back at your discretion with the minus yep. one. And you can easily make very large constructs which are always going to be at least 1-1 one, one because they are themselves artifacts. Yeah. With a minus two, and it starts with five. It, lots of great options on here. I really like this one. It's it's a really good utility piece, right? And I think one of the other things that happens a lot when you're talking about colorless is everything, is, it costs more. It everything does, always costs more in colorless. Four mana for a uh, uh, five loyalty planeswalker that when it comes in, you're going to be able to either make an artifact creature that can be really big, depending on your board state or, Hey, look at the top two cards. One of them is going to get put in your hand. The other one is going to get put in your hand next turn. If you're still around. That's the or other nice thing about the constructs, right? Is that it's not just snapshotting it. It's not saying make a zero zero, then put a number of plus one plus one counters on right. it equal to the number of artifacts you control. No, this will continuously get larger as your board state increases. Right. It'll so it'll even be early investments are good and if you make multiple yeah. constructs, each of them buffs the other ones. There's 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 several situations where you can play a car uh, a Karn Cyan of Urza and go, you know what, this isn't gonna be huge, but I'm gonna minus to it now. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get an artifact creature out here. It's only going to be like a 3-3. Three, three. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm good with my hand. I, I'm just going to get this out here. I'm going to start trying to generate some value now. And that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's another one of those cards where it's four mana, and the downsides don't really exist. You're right. either going to get cards 
go get a card that you wanted later <laughs> or make some tokens. Okay, really cool. really not scary at all. And that's, no. I think, valuable for a Planeswalker because most Planeswalkers, if there's something scary on them, even in the emblem, people mm-hmm. are going to be watching them like hawks. Yeah. But in the case of Karn, there's no like, well, if you let him get away, he's going to make, you know, exile all permanent, something like that. Right. Yeah, um, you're 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 not dealing with uh, you're not dealing with yeah, you're not dealing with the Teferi. Yeah. How how what what's Teferi's loyalty at? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I need to hit that next turn, yeah, otherwise you're gonna emblem and win it. Exactly. It's 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 a very high floor with like the ceiling maybe being a couple of inches off the floor. And this is but worth, uh, it's a really good floor. Mentioning right, this isn't always going to apply, but because Karn is exiling the cards with silver counters on them. Mm-hmm. Rather than just exiling them and remembering them, if for any reason this card leaves and comes back, gets blinked, yeah. is destroyed, and you recast it, when he comes back, he can still see all the cards still that got the cards with silver with counters counter. on them, yeah. and that's relevant. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a, it's it's a good card. It's a good card. Good card. Good card. Good card. Good card. Uh, not not mean card. Not mean card. All right, Alex. Of the cards that we talked about. What's your favorite? Of all the ones we talked about, I think it's Karn. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually I, I, run Karn. Yeah. Well, that, that, that'll help. <laughs> yeah, that does help. And he's just <laughs> consistently value, right? He's yeah. usually, I mean, you, you would imagine your opponent would try to give you the, the worst of the two cards. But as we've discussed before, uh, you can give your opponents all the decisions they want about your deck, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, oh no, they're going to give me the worst of the two cards. I put all of those cards in my deck. They're all good. It doesn't matter which one they give me. Now, I might have to spend, you know, an extra uh, loyalty counter to, to go get the one they didn't give me. Right. If it's really that good. But, I mean, it's basically a plus one draw card, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. It's plus one draw card and know what card you're going to get next if you decide yeah, not to do load up your minus cards. one ability if you want to do that yeah, yeah. cool i dig it uh I, I mean in the same vein then you you like karn because high floor and it's a card that you use right i, I i'm picking broken bond for the same reason it's a card that i used and yeah. it's a high floor you know I, yeah oh no it's not instant speed and it gives me another effect cool i really like that effect <laughs> it'd be interesting to see there can't be too many commons that have you know, come out in the past 10 years that have seen uh-huh. significant commander play. Oh, sure. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see, like, what's what pauper, uh, you know, pauper commander political social contract cards would we actually play? Do they exist? I'm sure they do. But where are they? We don't know where they are. So I don't so, know. Maybe one episode we'll do a do pauper social contract. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Uh, I, I, it, it's gonna, that's going to require some work for me, but I'm down for it. It sounds good. Um, I was, I was actually about to say, I wonder how many, uh, decks Broken Bond is in. Um, Alex, you don't have that pulled up, do you? I sure do. Let's pull it up. Dang it. I didn't want, no, I don't want you to pull it up. I want you to guess because it, it's a different oh, number than guess. I thought. Okay. Uh, I, I want you to guess. You can go with a percentage or you can tell me, I'll, I'll tell you, there's, okay. uh, there's, 690,000 decks that have green in it. Okay? Yeah, wow. How, how many decks do you think uh, Broken Bond is in? I would say Broken Bond is probably in under 5,000 decks. It's in 20,000 decks, my dude. Really? 20,000? Yeah, 000? I was proud. Good job, everybody. Wow, that's way higher than I thought. See, people do like lands. They do like ramp. Yeah. Yeah, wow. They do like getting two for ones that are two mana common that probably cost them one cent. Listen, you know, sometimes it, it when you're preaching things, you forget that more people are listening than you thought. <laughs> hey, everybody, two for ones are good. Yeah, ramp are is good. good. Removal is good. Yeah, it's good. Good card. Good. Great job. All right, Alex. Um, I'll tell you what. If anybody wants to talk to you about how legendary sorceries, legendary enchantment auras that make things legendary or legendary creatures, etc. If somebody wants to ask you all the ways that legendary exists, uh, how would they find you? Absolutely, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. And if you uh, saw any of the cards today... 
that you thought, wow, I could really mess somebody up with that and thought you might make an infinite combo. Well, you can go on my other project, Commander Spellbook, where we are the search engine for EDH combos. That's commanderspellbook.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, do the subscribe, the, the smash that like button. Uh, do, do the stuff, please. Uh, we do, appreciate that. Do podcasts that. have a like button? I, no, that's the YouTube part. Oh, right. Yeah, see, it, it, we're, we're diversifying our portfolio. Uh, <laughs> if, that's good. If you want to buy, yeah, exactly. Listen, put put yourself out there. That's the brand, right? Uh, I've said too many of those words. I'm going to say more words like this. If you want to buy any of the cards we talked about, uh, deck boxes, sleeves, etc., you can support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. Uh, we'll also have a Discord link in the show notes there. You can go and have conversations with us. Help us come up with topics. Uh, talk to us about your deck list. Talk to Alex about questions that you have as a judge. Uh, things along those lines. You can also follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.